Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast. My name is Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Raymondo, how the devil are you? Yeah, hey, well, how's it going? Well, you know, it's up and down. It's always up and down, isn't it? <laughs> Life is a roller coaster yeah. rather than a minestrone. Um, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> there wasn't there a song, Life is a Minestrone, mixed up with Parmesan cheese. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say your eclectic, <laughs> your eclectic taste in music, yeah, is uh, beyond my ken. Yeah, yeah, well, anyway, life is a roller coaster. It's up and down. Everybody has up days, down days, and all the rest of it. Um, but we're here to talk, not talk about me. We're here to talk about joint ventures, and mm. we've had, uh, well, I've I've had certainly. Um, a number of emails of people saying to me, I want to do a joint venture. What things do I have to consider? Uh, I think we've done something like this in the past, but this, this is we're going to update it now. And here's the sort of considerations you need to make. And we have a list of um, a number of these, which we've we've thought about. Yeah, and we, have, we haven't actually put a number on it yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <laughs> what happens. It generally grows. But yeah, right. Same with me. I've had a lot of people asking me, um, you know, I've got some money. I want to do this, but I want to go further. I need to do this. I want to do JVs. And immediately they are talking about really quite complicated arrangements. And so a couple of times I've just, I've just said, you know, hang on, stop, think, what do you think's involved in a JV? What do you think the benefits are? Why do you think you need it? And what are the things that you think you should consider? And without fail, Every single person I've had that conversation with has not really thought about it enough to make a, a proper decision on it, yep. in, in my opinion, anyway. Yep. Well, I mean, I had a conversation with someone on Friday who uh, said the very same thing, said, oh, I've got someone, they want to put some money and we don't know how to go about it. Should we do a joint venture? Um, and I said, well, you're going to do it in a limited company or is he going to lend you the money? And then it was all sort of suddenly it was all, oh, uh, oh, uh, uh. so. Um, Right, so let's think about what kinds of joint venture there are. The first thing is um, because it's 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 a legal term, I suppose, used to describe where um, two or more businesses, individuals or businesses, create uh, a separate joint venture business. So you've got business A, business B. They come together to create business C. Um, so they could be uh, contractual arrangements. You might want to do a distribution agreement. You might want to have a mortgage. Uh, with your lender, the joint venture agreement with the lender and a borrower, you might want to set up separate joint venture company to carry out a specific task or a project. Um, you might want to form a partnership. You might want to merge two businesses. So um, joint ventures usually are a, a sharing of resources, uh, but also risks. So the resources in property would be somebody's got the money to put up. You might have the time and energy and knowledge to put up. But then there's also that sharing of the risk. So that would be, let's start the number then, Nigel. That would be number one. That would be number one. Okay, number two, Ray, we often talk about exits. And, uh, you know, as the part of the Crest model, the E from the Crest model exits. And this is one thing that I don't think anyone, when they're talking about JVs, considers 
sufficiently enough because what they're always talking about is they they always say the e is entry you know how do i enter into this what's the legal structure what should be the company structure the corporate structure any old structure can i use the back of a fag packet to create this agreement and and the simple answer is you can do it however you want however however we would always say okay what's the exit going to be what is it that you're going to you know is going to trigger the dissolution, the dissolving, uh, the separation, the ending of any joint venture. Because, hey, you know, I would I would say that probably very very few joint ventures keep going forever. Obviously, mm. you've got things like Marx and Spencer or something like that. But you know, though you do have those that, that last a long time, but others can be relatively short lived. So you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, are we both starting from scratch? Where, who's bringing what to the party? Um, what's going to get involved? Am I bringing something of value? Uh, are we, are we going to set it up in a separate company, separate from other things? And there's lots of things to consider, but if, if you've got a big business and you're suddenly doing a JV, you probably want to keep it separate from that business because the last thing you want to do is have a, uh, a joint venture partner who suddenly um, something happens and the liability hits back and, and comes back at you and takes things that weren't part of that joint venture. So you've got to look at separating mm. things off. But always in, in my mind, and I, hey, I've made the mistake, right? I've made the mistake on, on joint ventures, looking about the, you know, the excitement at the beginning excitement oh my goodness look at this look at what we're going to do we've seen this it's empire time it's all the rest of it and very quickly within a couple of years your values uh, your life outlook changes things change and suddenly you're wanting to do something different and this joint venture is not quite as exciting and we never considered the exits and mm. uh, you know trying to trying to work out how the hell you you know separate split it sell it whatever it is can be really quite tricky so i would always say whenever you're coming to put something together think to yourself how you're going to take it apart again if you need to and what are those you know trigger points going to be so sit down sit down with them mm -hmm. work out what you both want work out how you both see it working work out what you're going to bring work out how you see it ending and what would trigger that ending and then sit down with the relative uh, people, you know, who can help you on that accountant solicitors to make sure that you've got the right agreement and structure in there, because it can be something that if you get it wrong, uh, it's like anything. When you set these things up, you set in place, you know, chisel in stone, often the tax position at that point. Mm. And if you get that wrong at the beginning, it doesn't matter what you do subsequently, you will pay the penalty for setting it up incorrectly so make sure when you're setting it up you consider all these things and they will ask you accountants solicitor will say how how will this end so that's all the sort of things and ray often when we have those conversations you know it's it's a bit weird when they're getting giddy and excited about doing a joint venture to say well how's this going to end um and you want to add into that and hopefully not badly you want to end it amicably and satisfactorily, but hey, we only need to look at the divorce courts 
yeah, and you know everyone everyone gets together it's all lovey-dovey it's honeymoon yeah. and then it's uh, <laughs> not quite so much and the biggest thing on that is the time it takes the headspace it takes and the money it takes to separate further down yeah. the line so if you can work it out first off think of it like a prenuptial agreement or something like that you know how's this going to end because chances are it will Okay. So that's number two. Long uh, rambling. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Things to consider for structuring your journey. Things to consider for structuring, right. Okay. Uh, well, number three then would be about um, what are you looking for in a joint venture partner? So in the person. So again, uh, last Friday, I had this conversation with the guy uh, who was talking about the people that were going to come in. And I said, well, what complementary strengths have they got? So well, what do you mean? And I said, well, is it just the money they need or do they need to bring some help and assistance? And he said, oh, right. I said, well, otherwise you're going to be doing everything. So you need to have that conversation with them and find out what's expected. What are they expecting you to do? What are you expecting them to do? And ideally you want someone with, with uh, I suppose, strengths that you don't have. I mean, lots of the great partnerships uh, that we know about are, have complementary strengths. People are like chalk and cheese. You know, you've got the quiet one and the noisy one. Um, even comedians, you've got the tall one and the short one. You know, they're all, they've all got their differences. Um, but you need to think about what complementary um, strengths they're going to bring. You want them to bring complementary strengths, not weaknesses. You want to, they want to strengthen up your weaknesses. So quite often uh, I see an accountant and a lawyer getting together, for example, to do something, or you get uh, a builder and an architect to get together. So, you know, those are the things you want to be looking for uh, most of the time, complementary strengths. So that would be number, is it number three? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think then if we, if we move on to the next one, and, and this is one that's, um, there's an awful lot to be considered. And, and the trouble with the JV is you've got to appreciate that, you know, right at the beginning, you were saying it's ups and downs. And I'd say in a JV, what you'll find is someone's doing all the work and someone's coasting, and then it switches. And, and the person coasting suddenly does all the work and the other person coasts. It's rare that uh, you are flat out equally uh, the whole time. And so to me, um, one of the biggest things on a JV is sitting down and saying, right, look, okay, if, if my skills are this, and this is at the front of a project, then I'm going to be flat out helping. If your skills are on delivering that project and finishing it off, then I'm going to be coasting when you're flat out. Um, we've got to get happy with that. We've got to be happy with it. And we've got to be happy that uh, my skills are not, you don't want me around at that point because I'll come in, say it's a property project. I'll come in and, and I'll, I'll be saying, oh, I think we should move that window. And what about if we put a door there? And, and how about if we switch, you know, turn this one around and did it? And they'd be tearing their hair out. And whereas you might have been the one that got the deal, secured the land, you know, did all the upfront sort of things. And then it's, okay, I'll, I'll try and do... A, you know, keep out of your hair for the rest of it and, and make sure that you get through this, um, but you don't want me anywhere near. And I've, I've done that myself on a project where we were doing a, a big building and I went in and I used to go in and have a look and I used to stand there and look at it and I go, do you know what? I think it would work better if we move the sockets to there and I think we should put the light switch there, flip the door around. And they used to usher me out of the building going, get out, get out. They'd put ear defenders on and say, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Because I would 
change and, and tweak things. And if you're not careful, it just adds thousands and thousands. So right at the beginning, I was kind of saying, look, make sure I don't do that because I love doing it. I really love doing it and getting involved. And it, it was keep him out. And I think this is what you got to do. So if you, if you both got different strengths and skills, you got to think to yourself, okay, how am I going to contribute? How are you going to contribute? My contribution will be verbal. Yours is going to be written. Um, I'm going to be doing this and meeting people. You're going to be doing the detail. I'm going to be out on stage and, and raising finance. You're going to be in a darkened room, dotting I's, crossing T's. As you say, Ray, those complementary elements to people, that's what makes it work. Because if you if you end up with a JV um, where everyone has the same skill, then you're going to miss things and mm -hmm. it's going to go wrong. And you're going to have to make sure that you get other people in to do it. But also, I think, I don't know what you think, Ray, but I think when other people have skills that you don't, you tend to value them and you always tend to undervalue your own skills. And you always sort of wish you had the skills of other people sort of thing. But I, I think that's great because that can work both ways then. So as a partnership, you both sort of go, no, you know, he's an absolute nightmare at this point in the project. But I tell you what, he finds the deals, he raises the money, he does this, he does that. You know, she comes in and she's amazing at doing this and, and she does that and stuff. But boy, they can't do each other's job. And it's, you know, I think you need to agree up front all these things about your skills, how you're going to contribute, you know, when you're going to be quiet, when you're going to be busy, how you'd like them to help you, how you can help them um, and all those sort of things. Because if you get that down, that helps. Then this is the, uh, again, the, the rather unpleasant prenuptial bit. It is, okay, if, if we disagree, <laughs> who has the casting vote? Who makes that final decision? How are we going to do it? You know, who's the who boss? Is, who's the who, boss? That's who it. is the boss? Who is the boss? And um, yeah, I can safely say in, in my house, it is not me. I'm not even a close second. I think I think even the dog and the cat come before me. <laughs> However, in my own mind, the joint venture I've got at this house, I am definitely the boss. But in, in reality. No, I must have signed some sort of agreement papers early on to say I have no say in the decisions. But there we go. But you need to you need to work this out, folks, because here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. When you are in a JV and you are dealing with other professionals and you're dealing with builders, uh, architects, accountants, solicitors, whoever it may be, they want to know who makes the decision. And the last thing they want to do is they want to be talking to one person and that person says something, they then happen to mention it to you and you give them a different decision. That, that leads to just confusion, costs, errors, and all the rest of it. So you've mm -hmm. got to say, okay, when we're talking to Sir Nigel, you're an accountant. When we're talking to the accountant, that's your bit. Okay, right. You're on the legal side. You're talking to the solicitor. Okay, when it comes to the electrics, Nigel, I want you involved in that. Uh, when it comes to this, it's, it's you, Ray. And, and you want to be able to do it. And then when you get your team, your developers, whoever it might be, you can say, okay, it's going to be this, this, we're going to have a meeting. And the final decision, we agree between ourselves. If it's something about this, it's me. If it's something about that, it's you. And you've got to, it doesn't always work out exactly how you plan, but it gives a little bit more 
um, cohesion. It gives a bit more direction to, uh, to people when they're doing these sort of things. Because the last thing you need is a developer, a builder who says, the cement lorry's outside, there's, there's four cubic meters of concrete, these pouring, where the chuffing heck am I pouring this concrete? Hey, come on, you two. Bang your, I'll mm. bang your heads together and come up with a decision. Because and, and, that is how they speak. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, that, that's just me on a cold morning. Um, but th this is it. You've, you've got to work it all out. You've got to work it all out and, and agree to disagree right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, Ray, have you, have you ever found where some people are really excited and when it comes down to this bit, they actually go away, think about it, and the JV never happens. Yes, they well, realize a lot of time. Can't do it. Yeah, a lot of time. Um, yeah, I can think of three instances in the last month, anyway, where they've gone and had the conversation and said the deal's off. It's not happening. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it's more common than you might imagine. So All it right. is important, folks, that really work through that the mm -hmm. practicalities, the day to day decision making. If you can't agree now, do not go into a JV, please, Correct. please. Correct. Correct. Okay. Was that number four? Uh, I don't know. I, I lost track of what <laughs> well, I was talking we'll about. We'll have a list at the end. So when this podcast goes out, there'll be a, there'll be a list there. Don't worry. Right. Um, I, and I get asked as well, if you're forming a joint adventure agreement, does it require any special kind of regulatory approval? And the answer is no, it doesn't. It's a private arrangement between private companies, private individuals. It does not require any kind of regulatory agreement. Now, I, I did get somebody last week said, oh, I'm going to get a whole load of friends together. We're going to, we're going to collect all our money. And, and you've got to be careful of a word collective investment scheme. So don't be, um, you just might want to run that past your solicitor and say, look, this is how we're planning to do it. If it looks like, tastes like, smells like a collective investment scheme, then that is something you cannot do. And your lawyer will be able to advise you on that one. But otherwise, you don't need any regulatory approval at all. No. I'll tell you one of the things that... Um sometimes people don't do you don't need regulatory approval but sometimes you need your family's approval there's other people there's other vested interests in uh, in this jv and it, it could be your your significant other half um or or whatever and you've got to make them aware of it again it goes back to ray we've got a great resource on the website htrmoney.co.uk um for planning for the future and it it's about um, how to structure things for wills, et cetera. Because one of the, one of the things that uh, uh, we, we've kind of um, noticed, we've noticed a, a few times is, especially in, a, in our business, is the issue doesn't come with the, the main person you're dealing with. It's when something happens to that main person and you mm. have to deal with other people in the family and they are unaware of how this thing's structured, unaware of how this thing's meant to operate. And all of a sudden are wanting to come in, make decisions, take over, you know, and, and things that were running smoothly and heaven help a tragedy befalling JVs, but they, they can and they may do. And uh, if you haven't got any lasting powers of attorney or any anything beyond, uh, you know, you or your partner, you know, who's going to run things, how's it going to work, then that can grind things to a halt. And it can also frustrate things because it could be that um, accounts, bank accounts are are frozen or mm. asset, assets are frozen or, you know, things happen whilst, whilst they're trying to sort things out. And so you, you've almost got to think, yes, I'm happy making the decision, but if I was incapacitated, who would make that decision for me? So don't do a JV in the dark from your uh, significant other 
because it may lead to, to problems, you know, involve them. And I tell you what, Ray, um, my, my wife is very astute at approaching things from a different direction and just asking a few of those questions and you sort of go, Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. And, and sometimes that, um, kind of that person outside of this deal and what's going on can sometimes just make you pause and think mm-hmm. and, and double check. So it can be useful, but yeah, keep them involved, keep them in the loop. Okay. Uh, next, um, what due diligence is needed? So, right. What due diligence is needed? Well, you need to check your joint venture partner's legal status. Um, do they have the right to enter a joint venture, for example? Do they uh, have assets they're going to be putting into the joint venture? Um, but due diligence really aims to ensure any agreements that you enter into are valid so you can minimize the risk of future legal problems or challenges. So your due diligence on, on the person and the company they're bringing in. So we've had occasions where uh, we've done a quick check on a company and the company, lo and behold, has been struck off or the person's told us the name of the company. We've looked it up and it didn't exist. Or they've said, oh, I'm a director of this company. And you look it up and they're not actually a director at all. They were a director, but they're no longer a director. So there's all those little things that you need to check out. So you need to check, um, yeah, just to make sure. So if someone's coming up with the money, do they have the money? Can you see it? Is there a bank account? Uh, have they done anything like this before? That sort of thing. You've got to just be aware that there is an element of diligence that's needed. So that would be number, are we on five or six or seven? I can't remember. Seven. Yeah. Like the list at the end anyway. Yeah. Um, people ask about, well, what sort of legal agreements do I need? It kind of depends what the structure is. It depends who's getting involved. It depends how you want to do things. It depends how you want to... Um, you know, run this thing. It depends how you want to dissolve this thing. And it, you know, depends upon whether you're going to have shares, raise it through equity. There's loads in there. So you can't just say um, you need this, this, and this. It it could be simple and it could be incredibly complicated. It just depends primarily on what you're bringing into the JV. Yeah. Next one would be uh, tax consequences of a joint venture. Well, again, you need dedicated tax advice. Um, we're not giving tax advice here, but you, uh, if you're moving assets, for example, and sometimes people put up uh, unencumbered property as a security, um, there may be tax implications around there. There may be stamp duty implications or capital gains duty implications. Um, so you might be able to structure something in a way that reduces your tax liability. There is a, a great website called propertytaxportal.co.uk. And that's property-tax-portal.co.uk. And uh, they can give you dedicated advice, bespoke advice. You can go there, you can click on a link and ask them a question and pay them something like 80 quid and they'll give you a dedicated written answer that you can hang your hat on. So um, there may be tax consequences. Check them out beforehand so you're not caught. Yep. I, th- I think one of the other things that uh, can crop up is when you've doing this JV, um, especially in this day and age on the internet, uh, you've got uh, intellectual property. So you hear about people talking about IP and the wealth of IP. And if you think about some of the biggest valuations of the companies out there at the moment, the IP and the data can be extremely valuable. And so you've got to think to yourself, okay, right, if this splits, who has it? Where does it go? Who controls it? Who derives future payments and rights to it? Uh, and you, you've got to think about it. Uh, how are we going to do this? You know, if, if 
I came up with something amazing, would I say, you know, hang on, this is like the Beatles. Um, it, I, it is, even though I wrote the song, so I'm, I'm a Paul McCartney, you're a John Lennon, Ray. Um, even though I wrote this one, we always say it was Lennon and McCartney that wrote it. And you wrote one, and and I'm quite happy because I've got, you know, half of the rights to a, a, a doozy of a song that you wrote, sort of thing. Uh, how are you going to do it? And, you know, again, it's something to consider. And uh, I, I think far too few people realize that if you run a business, and for argument's sake, say you have a thousand people on your list, and they are all potential investors, and it, that, that could be a very valuable. Uh, tool there to be able to go out and raise money mm -hmm. who owns that list if it was dissolved do you both own it or you know is one person doing it how are you going to do it so you got to think about what you're doing there and then if you create a a brand uh, within a business so if you have a very powerful brand that you built up uh, how are you going to if if that dissolves who controls the brand because there's probably some value in that brand name. So those sort of things, a couple of examples there. Uh, how do you handle intellectual property um, and, you know, either contributed or created in the JV? Yeah, good one. Um, okay, that uh, another question I get asked quite a lot of is, um, who, who will control it? How much control will I have over the joint venture? Well, I suppose the degree of control, I think, depends on what's agreed. It depends on the type of business as well, is it? I mean, are you doing a, a is it a business? Is it a client-facing business? Is it a property business? It depends, depends on um, what your role is. But control is usually defined by the shares in the company and by um, the shareholders of the company and the directors of the company. So are you going to be an employee of the company? Are you a director? Are you a shareholder? You're probably all three. In fact, all three then require a contract. Um, and then the number of shares that you have. Well, a lot of people say, oh, we're just going to do it 50-50. That's actually a bad move because 50-50 can create stalemates. As we said earlier, somebody has to be the boss and that person needs to have the controlling share. So you need to agree that up front. Agree that before you get anything down on paper because otherwise it would be a disaster. Um, I remember many years ago in law, we, we made an awful lot of money because uh, companies directors just butted heads and they were stalemate um, because they had the same amount of shares and they couldn't agree on something uh, it's more common than you might think so we've mentioned this before but somebody has to be the boss and if you uh, nominate yourself as the boss then you will have the control uh, if the other person nominates themselves as the boss then they will have the control if you want to have arbitration as in you both let's say you both get um 49 shares each and you give the, the 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 other shares to some person whose opinion you both uh respect then that's another way of doing it so but you need to get that right up front before you do anything else yeah i mean ray you're a big fan of uh, strictly come dancing and and you'll be well aware <laughs> in the in the dance off there's four judges and if you're not careful you could have two votes each and then what happens well that's where the head judge gets the casting vote so it may well be 2-2 but whoever the judge head judge voted for gets that uh, decision it effectively becomes 3-2 so yeah it's always worth doing but I mean tied into that right next one how do you take profits how do you get your money out from the joint venture and again this is it really depends on how you set it up are you being paid are you employed are you going to take dividends are you going to take shares are you able to to buy or sell things from it are you going to get 
you know how are you going to get your money out of it and this depends on what you are what your role is how you set it up how you structured it and making sure that you do it in a um, as tax efficient a manner as possible in there but you can also um, get yourself horribly confused in there as well in terms of someone saying well i want to take all my money now and you know can the deal support it and again you've you've just got to make sure that you sort of go right okay we've got to get to this point we've actually got to start earning some money before we take it all out um but you know some some jvs some business arrangements what they do they get in they get a jv they go in and then they absolutely mortgage the you know raise incredible amounts of debt pay themselves incredible dividends and then then let the business kind of struggle on Mm. And you got to think to yourself, okay, how, how are we going to do this? Because we want to, we don't want to take profits. We don't want to do anything that damages the business long term. So again, you've got to say to yourself, right, okay, you know, we can, we can do this, but we need to be at this point before we do it. We need to have this cash flow. We need to have this level of assets, et cetera. Because again, money is one of the biggest reasons why people fall out. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Even, even silly things like, yeah, we've got a JV, it's a, an LLP, uh, limited liability partnership, um, which is great for company cars and we can do this. Uh, and I've, I've signed, I've signed us up for a car for me and it's a 70,000 pound car. And the other person's driving around in a 10 grand old banger and, and suddenly it just causes resentment and mm-hmm. you go, well, you know, you shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a deal and I love my cars. You know that. And I didn't know you like cars and this <laughs> annoyed me and, and all these silly things. It's amazing. It's amazing what animosity it can create. So talk through that as well. How are you going to take your profits, money, remuneration out of the JV? Okay. Um, and the last one I've got on my list is, uh, will I be liable if the joint venture becomes insolvent? Well, I suppose it depends on the structure of it. If it's a uh, um, a limited liability partnership or if it's a limited liability company if it's a company then it'll your your liability will be limited to the number of shares you have unless you've given a personal guarantee which nowadays is more and more common um, if it's a partnership again it depends how the partnership is structured so uh, you the, the question i suppose the answer to all of these questions is it depends because it depends how you've set it up how you've structured it but um the answer is if you've got a personal guarantee and the and the liability falls to the company and the company can't pay, then the liability will fall to you as the person who's given the personal guarantee. Now, again, if it's a JV partnership, you both should have given uh, equal amounts. You've equal amounts of risk. Equal amounts of risk and reward is is the way to go. But um, you will be liable if it becomes insolvent if you've given a personal guarantee. So and beware. So there we are. Um, Nigel, I think we covered about 10 things there. I'm not quite sure. Um, we've got things that are on the list that we scored off and things that we didn't add in and so on. But we'll get something out of that into the notes later on. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a, an interesting one. And, it, and people are, are very quick to say, yes, yes, JV, that's it. That's the way to do it. Woohoo, we're in, we're in. And um, it's all the upfront excitement. It's it's the wedding day. It's the he. It's the party. It's the cake. It's the champagne. And it, this is all going to last forever. And it's all going to be wonderful. And fast forward to the divorce court and the acrimony and the and the problems and the wasted costs on all the legal fees um, yeah. and stuff. So it's think of it like that, folks. 
go in with your eyes wide open, make sure you discuss all of these things um, and make sure the biggest thing for me is the fact that you are not going to be working at the same level, you know, every single day. Someone's going to be busy. Someone's going to be quiet. Uh, and it'll keep flip-flopping and reversing. And if you're happy with that and you you understand it, then that really does reduce the animosity or the feeling that I'm doing everything for this and they're taking yeah. half the money. Um, and, and that's the key thing. Because any JV, you want it to work, you should be wanting the same outcome. Make sure you discuss what that outcome should be. That's it. And on that note, there we have it, JVs. I've been Ray McLennan. <laughs> I'm still Nigel T. Best. And uh, Ray, this this JV for the podcast still going? Still good? <laughs> yeah. We'll do another one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then you'll see us again, folks. One step at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cheers for now. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?